0: Final exam from 1981 um, is a film that is mentioned at the start of Scream too. Not sure if that makes it uh, more notable or not. It's a funny film, really, mainly because um, it is known for a film that uh, has does have its fans. Let's get it wrong, not get it wrong, but also uh, frustrates a lot of people. Sold like a lot of other, you know, college campus slasher films at the time and as we've spoken before the um cinemas were awash with films at this point like this which were able to like appear you know in a week or two make all their money and then disappear final exam though um does not provide some of the uh, the gore and explicitness that uh, a film like this would normally need instead what um writer and director Jimmy Houston seems entirely intending to do is to create deeper emotional bonds with the characters before finally cranking up the pressure to the gore or in this case lack of it at Lanier College they have the finest security The best teacher-student relations. No fraternity raising. Strictly enforced curfews. Shh. what was that? And a killer. He's come back. Final exam. When are you going to realize that the whole world isn't made of psychopaths? He's a murderer around campus, killing people. Some may pass the test. Lisa! God Uh, help the rest. uh, He's come back. Nobody sits there and says, you know what? This Hitchcock thrill is great, but I really wish somebody's head had been ripped off halfway through. The suspense of him as a filmmaker kind of uh, supersedes the, the violence, even in films, obviously, when you know he has been uh, intrinsically trying to shock, obviously the most notable being a uh, Psycho, and the, the shower scene moments, which is uh, from 1960, which you could argue is a catalyst for a lot of the films we cover in the Video Nasties list, and indeed um, a lot of horror films and Jallo over the years. The flip side of that, of course, is that though that when you go and see a Hitchcock film, you know exactly what to expect, and it delivers that. When it does crank it up, it's done in a way, very deliberate way, and you, know, you, get the, you always have plenty of warning beforehand. Final Exam, from 1981, doesn't do that. It sits awkwardly amongst all the, uh, the films from, from the period. Starring a relatively young group of, uh, of people who appear to be straight out of drama school. It follows the template sent in the way it was constructed. We are in a college campus. And uh, we start with a a young couple making out in a parked vehicle before they are murdered by a a mysterious man. Then there's a a lengthy period in the film where we we get to know our characters. And it's done through what appears to be a, a number of fraternity... Um, pranks and hazings uh, a lad is uh, stripped to his box shorts and then tied to a tree um, more bizarrely and extremely uh, a fake terrorist incident is carried out and, uh, and and some people are obviously concerned but some people are, seem to be clear that this is probably all a bit of a joke especially because um, uh, one of the insignias from uh, from one of the houses there uh, one of the fraternities is, is is on display in the back of the van, which uh, you know uh, could you imagine trying to get rid of that from these days, Jesus. And our cast, including uh, the usual the usual types, you know, the nerd, the jock, the guy who wants to be you know in on the, in in with the crowd, all kind of uh, swirl round. There's a bit about um, wanting to steal a, a, a an end of term exam paper that's that's done. None of it really is relevant to the reason why you or I would want to go and see a film called Final Exam, which featured us on up with a poster with a silhouette of a of a man carrying a knife. Finally, with about twenty five minutes to go, our murder count accelerates dramatically, and we see a number of uh, of killings as um, the our newble teens. In a, a mixture of um, of guys and dresses and or undresses, are are, are are polished off. First off, what I'll say is there is some elements of this which seem strange. So um, our killer, Timothy L. Rayner, who also uh, appears in um, TV shows like, such as My Name Is Earl and The Terminator: Sarah Connor Chronicles. Is uh, as you know, he's a stunt guy, but we don't actually know anything about the guy at all. He's just called the killer. Indeed, Final Exam does something that um, most um, slasher films very much steer clear from. They uh, it, it, they just create a monster and give no impact or no impression or no idea why he's doing the killings. He is not a man who is livid that students are completing college. He 's not a man who went to the the, the uh, college and was wronged in some way and now returns to it, uh, commit his revenge. He 's not a person who has just escaped a mental asylum, or if it could be all of those things, but none of it ever mentioned. Indeed, the air of mystery is so great around the character you wonder why you know why such a deliberate attempt to to keep it all all hands off is there instead what the film tries to do is um obviously suggest the people that there's a murderer out there he pops up we see him quite a lot he's not a, a mysterious like vapor like monster and we see him I see him in silhouette at the start although again as we've already said this isn't a, a murder mystery in a shallow sense Instead, the film tries to build suspense by showing violence and then going back to a number of younger people. It's clear that the director Jimmy Houston is trying to um, make you care about the characters before he starts offing them and the film as such contains a lot of the usual kind of things that you'd expect. Almost that you know, if there were jokes in it it wouldn't it would feel more like a you know, a teen comedy, you know, let's find the let's steal the 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 paper, the end of the pen paper, let's let's strip this lad to his boxies and and and, and cover him shave and foam and tie him to a tree. But again the film, although, you know, that is in itself a homoerotic kind of um, imagery, perhaps. The film does seem to edge towards homoeroticism rather than um, uh, heterosexual um, sexuality as as its uh, driver for titillation. But what it doesn't do is kind of make it too... It doesn't feel too homoerotic. It's more of an undercurrent. It's not too sexual at all, in fact. We see very little nudity from, uh, from any of the cast members, which I know should be fine it's perfectly normal to do that but um, but in a film that is after all an exploitation film it can be frustrating probably more frustrating however is the lack of gore the film uh, looks away repeatedly we see a couple of nice shots um, you know a bit of blood on the face and that kind of thing but not much else He's just, you know, he's a stabber is our killer and he doesn't, but we don't see the, uh, the, the, the blade and the, you know, glisten with blood very frequently, even near the end of the film. So, as I say, what we see instead is the, uh, the usual kind of, um, you know, I suppose that undercurrent of sexuality, which I mentioned is because these are, you know, meant to be young teenagers being young teenagers and doing all the things that they do. And that always carries an element of, uh, of, of, you know, of, of, of um, potential sex. But, um, you know, a slasher film bearing in mind, you know, from a purely um, mediated point of view and from the media of the slasher movie, you know, these, these kids really should be committing more sins before they get off by our, uh, our awful murderer and uh, the film itself is uh, is, is weary of a uh, weary i should say of, of doing that the majority of the cast on final exam were stage actors cast in la and it shows and um, they to be fair to them they do kind of give an impression of um of, you know, it, it works better than in some of them because, you know, the kind of slightly, say, woodenness, like awkwardness, the gawkiness of the kids does benefit the, the film. It makes them more believable. Um, and the film was shot over a period of six weeks in the autumn of 1980 in North Carolina, with additional photography being, uh, taking place as well around that time. Apparently the budget was around $360,000. Which is in the, as we've said, the smash and grab uh, world of slasher films at the time, meant that if you could stand out, you'd get the cash. And indeed, the film was a success from the terms of being, you know, from its budget point of view, and grossed 1.3 million in the US. Which was impressive, particularly because the film did not get good reviews. (laughs) as we said before, with these slasher films and films like The Prowler, which, you know, from from a comparison point of view is is considerably more violent than this one. Um, it does not sit, you know, the reviews kind of said that they were, um, that it mixed between, you know, prank humour, as we've said, and, and killer thriller kind of stuff like Prom Night, which the film will get on to. Um and again, you know, um, numerous people, um, writers, including uh, Gene Siskel, and it's it's understandable that he did this at this point, were horrifically bored of these kind of identical slasher films. And uh, they effectively turned their heads away from um, what the film it's trying to do and kind of just say, listen, this, the, the most scary thing about this film is that the, the movie is, you know, some of the behaviors of the frat boys rather than anything that the, the, the killer was there. And, um, so from a fan, modern day fan point of view, this film is, it's tricky to recommend if you're there for the kind of things you'd say in The Prowler. Or for that matter, Halloween, which is a far greater interpretation and a far better film in terms of, um, you know, what um, tension looks like. And I think if the film was able to create a a a more sense of of ongoing dread, something that certainly Halloween has been able to do, was able to do it would have been a very different story. The music was created by Gary S. Scott, who made, uh, merely made his uh, is himself known from, well, there's Deadly Force as a film, but mainly from TV series, such as films like The Seven Brides of Seven Brothers TV show, and uh, Fox's Funhouse. So not the most uh, dramatic thing there. And then that's, in fairness is probably an indicator of, of one of the reasons and not all the reasons why the film does struggle in Halloween. You know, the shape Michael Myers is a, um, a force of nature that lings in the corners of the frames. And this ominous music constantly tells you that you're being watched and there's something out to get you. Friday the 13th, uh, excuse that kind of work. But it creates a mystery about who the murderer is, and then delivers in uh, in spades the, the violence, and also um, you know that the, those payoffs that you need for this kind of film. Final Exam goes out of its way to make you care about the characters, and it does it by um, showing a lot of these fraternity kind of hazing rituals and that kind of thing for finally starts off people. And even for like a lot of those kind of films, if you're, if you're on board with those people, you may not want them to be, to be murdered. Uh, I'm minded of a hostel from 2005, which uh, again gives you 45 minutes with the characters before people start getting absolutely butchered for a period of time before it then turns into a chase movie. But, um, but, one of the criticisms of Hostel is that you know it doesn't matter how long you spend with those characters, they still want to be ourselves. So um, in in that case, um, you know it, it, you, what you're doing is you spend a lot of time with people you don't like, and I think that's possibly part of the problem with this film. Jimmy Houston is probably best known for this movie. He, uh, he directed a few of us, including um, My Best Friend is a Vampire from 1987. Which again, kind of sits with this kind of college-based um, stuff. Um, but, you know, obviously a lot, lot lighter in tone to what this is trying to achieve. Supposedly, uh, Timothy Rayner got the, the role of the killer. Because uh, Jimmy Houston, the director, was impressed with his martial arts skills and his ability to handle a weapon, which seems strange to me because um, the um, there isn't a lot of martial arts handling going on. Although um, he does kind of uh, w- wield a knife, which apparently was actually a proper knife, which seems insane at the moment. But you know, the, the thought was obviously that he was more on top of it. But what he does do apparently is. Um, he catches an arrow in the air, which is a trick that Timothy El Reyna was able to do. So that's that's a real, that job, which is impressive, to be fair. And so the film itself is a, a mixture of, um, well, it, it's trying to... It, it, to be that's let's be, let's be fair to the movie. Final Exam is desperately trying to avoid the cliches of the slasher genre at a time when they, you know, they weren't really that much of a cliche. This was, um, the film was made around the time of Friday the 13th had been released. So the were slasher movies, but this film was trying to kind of skew some of them. The problem is of course, with that, that you actually, do, you do kind of want the cliches to a point, you know, it, it we're we're a long way from from the need for some kind of modernist retake, and if and I, and I think I can understand a why a lot of people who uh, like the film are very you know protective of it because you know the the film by its nature does um, you know is different and unusual and a curio from the time as such and people you know people do enjoy that and that's that's great but I can also very much understand why some people are just like well listen. You know, you can't, you don't see anybody getting fucking stabbed. You know, at the bare minimum, that's what you're paying to watch in a slasher film, the fucking slashings. So, and I I can understand that as well. So the film was um, released in 1983 on embassy on VHS and uh, was um, seized, but... Not banned by any stretch of the imagination. It was then re-released in 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 as as an eighteen uncut in 1986, and is currently available uh, uncut uh, and rated R on Blu-ray in America and Sharp Factory, and there's a Region One DVD as well from the states. If you want to watch it, um, your best bet is going to Amazon in the UK, I should say your Best bets going to Amazon Prime, where there's a HD version of the film available there. So that's that for um, so it's relatively easy to get hold of. And, and a film that in the past, as you can tell, that it's took you know it took a while to get onto DVD, you know, not, not until two, 2011, it's finally available for all to, to enjoy. And um, if you're a, a fan of slasher films of, of the early 80s, then uh, this gives you something a bit different to add to your collection. <laughs> Anyway, if you want to get a hold of me, please do. My email address is Videonasties Podcast at gmail.com. You can get me on Twitter it's at Orange underscore monkey or go to the website thelasthorapodcast.com or Videonasties Podcast.com. Leave any message on any of the articles and I should get them. Thanks to uh, Ramsey Ramsay Clark, who contacted me on Twitter, who is um, said that he got hold of a copy of Extra as a schoolboy in the rural Scotland in the mid-80s. Um and, uh, he points out that in, he, he was a Betamax family, not like, uh, myself, which was a JVC VHS dude. But, um, uh, so obviously renting videos was, was I would imagine it was quite challenging at the time for him, if he were Betamax, because people were definitely shifting towards VHS relatively quickly. But, um, but he also says that all the schools that I attended in Scotland in the 1980s, and also a techie friend of my parents, had the Philips V2000 videotape system. There must have been an unscrupulous education supplier that was stitched to heaps of Scottish schools with those quirky units, which is amazing. So if you don't know, it was it was designed to be it was Philip's version of of, of like, you know, the the, the cassette tape and uh, the quality was meant to be better, but it was more expensive. So no one went for it. So obviously, you know the, the the Venn diagram is is you know the, is affordability and the stuff the the the, the thing with the, the the brand with the most stuff on you want, and that was definitely not the Philips V two thousand. So I'm fascinated to know, um, you know how many of those were sold, <laughs> and also uh, the frustrations uh, you must have had at school uh, if you were trying to watch uh, in Scotland and you're trying to watch one of the anything on that because you must have had like, five tapes in the entire school, all of which were probably. Fucking awful. I'm guessing they were bought to some kind of job lot with all the same video as well. There you go. That'll do your your school for ten years or whatever. And of course, if anyone then wants to watch anything else, it's tough shit. So thanks very much for that, Ramsey. I, I understand that you're um, you're re- listening to from, from, you're still in the, the, the original nasty. So, uh, and, but you've jumped to extra and now you're jumping back to the nasty. So at some point in the future, you'll hear this conversation. So, uh, hello back to then. And, and yes, you did say those things to me on Twitter. <laughs> anyway, as I say, thanks very much for listening. If you, uh, next week, um, just to give you the heads up, the, uh, the film we're watching is, uh, is The Evil, which is a haunted house film. Uh, featuring a very strange cameo at the end of the movie um and Bat- fans of uh, the old 60s Batman series will uh'll will, will, will have somebody there that they can re- they can recognize so till then take care and i'll speak to you soon goodbye Video nasty. I wouldn't. I have far too much. How can you judge on a video? Nasty? Oh, you easy. Have you never seen one? I actually don't need to see visually what I know is in that film.